in a world of concentrated impersonal power, the important levers and wires are usually pulled by invisible hands. To no one is it given to look on many of the faces behind the hands, but everyone knows that they include both big business and big government. In a society dominated by mass media, world-spanning corporations, armies and intelligence agencies, and mysterious bureaucracies, they are getting stronger. Meanwhile, the majority of people have little part in the decisions that affect their families, workplaces, schools, neighborhoods, towns, cities, country and the world. 64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Welcome to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. My name is Igor S.F. Walker. Today we look at friendly fascism, the new face of power in America by Bertram Gross. A title from the Forbidden Bookshelf. So how about you slow down and relax? Reduce all that noise for just a bit. Make that choice and decide to listen. In this video, we look at a book about democracy. It is a book of realism, fear and hope. It is about great achievements and tragic failures in America. About maneuverings that could turn the democracy we now know into a new form of despotism, a forbidden book. Stick around. Till the end, I will share with you some tools I have and use that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. As America does not ban books, other means, less evident and so less controversial, have been deployed to vaporize them. Some almost never made it even into print, as publishers were privately warned of them from on high, either on the grounds of national security or with blunt threats of endless corporate litigation. Other books were signed enthusiastically, then dumped, as their own publishers mysteriously failed to market them, or even properly distribute them. But it has mainly been the press that stamps out inconvenient books either by ignoring them or most often laughing them off as conspiracy theories despite uh, 
their soundness or even because of it. Once out of print, these books are gone. These books, by and large, were made to disappear or were hastily forgotten, not because they were too lewd, heretical, or in unpatriotic for some touchy group of citizens. These books sank without a trace or faded fast because they tell sort of truths that Madison and Jefferson believed our Constitution should protect. Truths that the people have the right to know and need to know about our government and other powers that do keep us in the dark. For over a half a century, America's vast literally culture has been disparately policed and imperceptibly contained by the state and by the corporate entities, well-placed and perfectly equipped to wipe out wayward writings. Their ad hoc suppression throughout the years have been far more effective and effectual than those quicksonic bands imposed on classics like the Catcher in the Rye and the Fahrenheit 451. For every one of those bestsellers, scandalously purged from some provincial school curriculum, there are many others, we cannot know how many, that have been so thoroughly erased that few of us, if any, can remember them or have even heard of them. For most of us, it's still new light on the most troubling trends and episodes in the U.S. history, especially since World War II. America's broad use of former Nazis and ex-fascists in the Cold War, the Kennedy assassination, the murder of Martin Luther King Jr., Orlando Letelier, George Polk, Paul Wellstone, Ronald Reagan's mafia connections, Richard Nixon's close relationship with Jimmy Hoffa, the mob's grip on the NFL, America's terroristic Phoenix program in Vietnam, U.S. support for South America's most brutal tyrannies and CIA involvement in the Middle East, the secret histories of DuPont, ITTN, many other. Many vanished books on these forbidden subjects, among other, altogether, constitute a shadow history of America, a history that we the people need to know at last. If fascism, expressed through corporate tyranny, was able to effectively mask its true intentions behind its friendly face, we would be successfully stripped of power, shorn of our most cherished rights, and then impoverished. We have undergone as gross for so a corporate coup d'etat in slow motion 
Our democracy is a fiction. It is a useful fiction in the hands of the corporate state, which seeks to mask its absolute power, but it no longer exists. The consent of the governed is actually a cruel joke. Elected officials are manufactured personalities and celebrities. We vote based on how we are made to feel about corporate co political puppets. The puppets, Democrats and Republican, engage in hollow acts of political theater. They keep the fiction of the democratic state alive. There is, however, no national institution left that can accurately be described as democratic. Citizens, rather than participate in power, are permitted virtual opinions to preordained questions and kind of participatory fascism as meaningless as voting on American Idol. We are only permitted to take emotional stance on issues that do not affect corporate power. What we call politics is no longer political. Our government and judiciary wholly owned subsidiaries of the corporate state have no real sovereignty. Capitalism, as Karl Marx understood, when it finally dominates government, is a revolutionary force. And this revolutionary force, described by Gross as friendly fascism, is plunging us into a state of neo-feudalism, perpetual war, ecological disaster, and a dystopian nightmare. No state has mastered propaganda better than the corporate state. Our press has replaced news with indoctrination, with diversion, and with entertainment. You cannot use the word liberty when your government, as our does, watches you 24 hours a day and then stores all of your personal information in government computers in perpetuity. You cannot use the word liberty when you are the most photographed, monitored, and eavesdropped population in human history. You cannot use the word liberty when it is impossible to vote against the interest of Goldman Sachs and General Dynamics. You cannot use the word liberty. When the state empowers militarized police to use indiscriminate lethal force against unarmed citizens in the streets of American cities, and then torture tens of thousands of citizens, most poor people of color, in the largest system of solitary confinement in the largest prison system on planet Earth. This is the relationship between a master and a slave. Friendly fascism portrays two conflicting trends in the United States and the other countries of the so-called free world.
The first is a slow and powerful drift toward greater concentration of power and wealth in a repressive, big business, big government partnership. The other is a slower and less powerful tendency for individuals and groups to seek greater participation in decisions affecting themselves and others. It affects power relations in the household, in the workplace, in the community, school, church, synagogue, mosque, and even the labyrinths of private and public bureaucracies. Princes, wrote Machiavelli many centuries ago, should delegate the ugly jobs to other people and then reserve the attractive functions for themselves. Distributing general propaganda, however, is the perhaps the scariest operation of the fifth column. Expanded government interventions into the lives of ordinary people is actually glorified under the slogan getting the government off our backs. Decriminalization of corporate bribery, of fraud, and the dumping of health-killing waste is justified under the banner of promoting free enterprise and countering environmental extremists. Private greed, gluttony, and speculation are actually disguised in free market imagery. Power is always gradually stealing away from the many to the few because the few are more vigilant and consistent. Samuel Johnson said this. I fear any personal arrogance in urging this or that form of action. The arrogance of ideologues who claim a monopoly on truth. Of positivists who treat half-truths as whole truths. Of theoreticians who stay aloof from the dirty confusions of political and economic combat. And the self-styled practical people who fear the endless clash of theories. I'm afraid of the arrogance of technocrats as well as the ultra-rich and their high executives. Some of this arrogance I often find in my own behavior. I am afraid of blind anti-fascism. From its very beginnings, capitalism has been a dream factory. Since World War II, this factory has produced successive waves of raising aspirations. Its old men have dreamed dreams. Its young men have seen visions. Its political and economic leaders had made promises. No sector of society is immune to the festering sore of a dream deferred, or when it comes true, converted into a nightmare. <coughs> to break or loosen one's bonds with community or with family is to gain freedom from the restraints of older values and traditions, from inquisitive neighbors, and from domineering relatives. In the anonymous privacy of the metropolis, 
one may choose, within the limits of their available income, between this or that lifestyle, this or that mate, this or that form of self-gratification, to do one's own thing in the metropolis. In a way, it's an exalted height in the individualistic ideology of capitalism. But here, as though by invisible hands, anyone may easily be led to break down the very self which was supposed to be liberated. Opinion polls in the United States have repeatedly documented a growing lack of confidence, if not contempt, for the major institutions of American society. To some extent, this is a youth phenomena. Young people lose confidence when they sense the contrast between the ideals and the behavior of their elders. The calm is actually on the surface. Underneath, crisis-laden tendencies and contradictions not only continue to exist, but to multiply and are sure to erupt into the open in the historically near future. The symbol of crisis in Chinese is made up of two characters whose meanings are danger and opportunity. To me, that precisely describes the present situation. The unfolding logic of friendly fascism is responding to crises by actions that consolidate power. But what kind of a power structure would emerge? Triple speak. A three-tiered language of myth, jargon, and confidential straight talk. Unlike Orwell's doublethink and newspeak, triplespeak is not part of any overall plan. It merely develops as a logical outcome of the establishment's maturation and essential element in the tightening of oligarchic control at the highest level of the Golden International. Without myths, the rulers and their aides cannot maintain support at the lower levels of the major establishments. And the might itself, as well as the legitimacy of the empire, may decay. Jargon is required to spell out the accumulating complexities of the military, technological, economic, political, and cultural power. Straight talk is then needed to illuminate the secret processes of high decision-making and confidential bargaining, and to escape the traps created by myths and jargon. Capital has always been a form of power. A physical wealth, whether land, machinery, buildings, materials, or energy resources. Capital is productive power. As money, it is purchasing power. The ability to get whatever may be exchanged for it. The ownership of property is the power of control over its use. 
In turn, the power of wealth, money, and ownership has always been required both protection and encouragement through many other forms of power. Information, information has always been a strategic source of power. From time immemorial, the teacher, the priest, the censor, and the spy have helped despots control subject populations under the old-fashioned fascist dictatorships. The party propagandists replaced the priest, and the control of minds through managed information, and it became as important as terrorism, torture, and the concentration camps. With the maturing of modern capitalism, the managing of information has become a fine art. In Advancing Science, Herbert Schiller analyzes five of the myths which, in his judgment, have represented the greatest manipulative triumphs of the past for the media. Number one, the myth of individualism and personal choice. Number two, the myth that key social institutions are neutral instead of serving concentrated wealth and power. Number three, the myth that human nature does not change despite the myth-maker's success in helping to change it. Number four, the myth of the absence of serious social conflict. And finally, number five, the myth of media pluralism. One of the many illusions of the modern world has been that economic growth gives people more leisure or free time. And this, despite the encroachment of work and work's anxieties far beyond the hours of recorded physical presence at the workplace. High level consumption also eats our time. The choice amongst varied goods and products takes time. The services you are expected to want consume so much time that time efficiency methods then must be applied, either to do a lot of things simultaneously or to cut down on the time for each, eating, lovemaking, exercising, meditation, reading, contemplation, relaxation, are all compressed into ever shorter quantities of time under the accelerated consumption of techno-urban fascism. This trend would be accentuated. <coughs> A powerful head of steam is an inescapable product, byproduct of friendly fascism. The rewards of extended professionalism, accelerated consumerism, and elite power work if and only if they create anxiety. Much of this anxiety and even terror is free-floating. And like explosive gases, it might be touched off 
by a stray spark unless dissipated by channeling into available escape valves. Four of these escape valves, sex, drugs, mental illness, and cults, merit special attention. The modern complex outdoes the ancient Hydra. It has many more heads, and each of them enjoys less visibility. It actually has greater regenerative powers, for each head springs from a managerial reservoir full of upwardly mobile men and a few women, restlessly, breathlessly awaiting more room at the top. This modern Hydra is also adaptive, both in the passive sense of responding to change and in the active sense of anticipating or guiding it. As large corporations became persons before the law and thereby entitled to personal rights, they tended to displace or diminish many direct personal relations about the real people. They looked on most real people as automized units with roles in mass production, mass consumption, mass education, mass communication, and mass culture. Today, posing the question, what is to be done, is often facile cover-up for doing nothing or passing the buck to others. These are now simple tasks with so much to be done and undone. There is room and there is need for anyone, anywhere. There are endless needs for uncovering exploitation and abuses wherever they may occur, whether intended or unintended, and for demystifying the mysteries that obscure the workings of concentrated capital and concentrated power. It is essential to learn from mistakes and false starts and to begin again in an endless struggle to make things better rather than sit idly by waiting until they actually become worse. And there you have it. Friendly fascism, the new face of power. Please do help out, it is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Like it so people get this information so they can share it. You share it too. Spread the word. Do leave a comment and do share your thoughts. Tell me what you thought about this. Were you aware of this information? Share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. You know how to do this. You know which buttons you need to click. Link to this book is in the description below. Buy it. Read. Never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and then find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, then do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links 
Well, they're in the description below. I thank you. Love and respect.